You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 277 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Um, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, sorry for being a little bit late. I uh, recorded late last night and uh, didn't have a chance to uh, do the intro and upload it, uh, so I had to wait until after work uh, on today. So I apologize for being a, a, a tad tardy. Um, yeah, kind of, um, uh, well, uh, you know, uh, uh, a sad episode today, um, but also uh, we're here to um, celebrate the the uh, the career of uh, Gino Ojic, who unfortunately passed away on the weekend at 52 years old um, after a, a lengthy battle with heart disease. Um, uh, so I decided to get a hold of my friend Tony, who lives out, who's lived out in Vancouver his whole life, a big time Canucks fan and a, a, huge, a big fan of Gino, and, um, and and really as 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 fans, fight fans, and hockey fans, uh, you know, I wanted to get his uh, just his perspective on Gino's career and and what he meant to uh, the Canucks organization and 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 being in that area and in Vancouver and during Gino's playing time. Um, what he meant to the community and the team and his legacy, and um, yeah, and I thought and I uh, I thought Tony would be the perfect guy to uh, to talk on that. So uh, I got a hold of him and we recorded last night. Um, I know Gino was a big part of uh, you know uh, I I always whenever I'm on the show here I always talk about um, sort of that late '80s, mid, early to mid '90s is kind of my wheelhouse of when I was a that was at my my uh, peak of fandom, so to speak. And, uh, you know, kind of through the high school years, 18, 19, 20 years old. And that was, uh, you know, early to mid nineties. And of course that was right in Geno's prime with the Vancouver Canucks. So, uh, I saw a lot of him obviously on my fight tapes and, uh, 
you know, and uh, in our tough guy goon drafts and stuff. Gino was a big pick, you know, and, um, you know, and just a colorful character and, uh, and, and an excellent enforcer, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, for a few years in Vancouver there, he was one of the, you know, one of the, one of the top guys in the league. And, um, yeah, so we, uh, uh, I, I, with this episode, I, I just chose to sort of just highlight that part. And like I said, talk to Tony and, and just as fans discuss, you know, what, I guess what Gino meant to us as fight fans and, and what his, uh, legacy is in the, in the, uh, hockey fight world, so to speak. And, uh, so I was really happy that Tony could come on and share that. And I'll get to that in a moment. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, also there was a, uh, another passing on the weekend, uh, Todd Gillingham, again, 52 years old. Um, he, uh, he played in the Quebec junior league, uh, and then, and then, uh, 600 games in pro hockey from the American league to the IHL, uh, you know, from Cornerbrook, Newfoundland there. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, a tough guy and, and I know really well respected, uh, in the, in the hockey circles. Um, you know, it's just one of those, just, uh, kind of one of the, just like what you would call like one of those old time gritty, gritty guys, right? Go to the corner, score your 20 goals, drop the gloves, you know, stand up for teammates, uh, and that type of thing. And, uh, yeah. And unfortunately, um, you know, some really, it was actually really, really sad weekend. I mean, um, I touched on this on the other episode with, uh, with the unfortunate passing of Ryan Pistiak and then Todd Gillingham right after that. And then of course, Gino. So, um, yeah, it was a real, uh, real sad weekend for the, uh, for the, in the hockey community and, uh, you know, and, and my, uh, you know, my, my thoughts and uh, condolences go out to, to Todd and Gino, of course, uh, and, and Ryan's, uh, family and friends. And, uh, you know, I know, uh, on Facebook, um, you know, a number of people that I'm, uh, Facebook friends with and on Twitter as well, obviously, uh, knew, knew these gentlemen or played with them. And, um, so yeah, you've, you've seen a lot of it across the timeline here in the last few days and guys sharing stories and pictures and that type of thing. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a real sad situation. And, uh, and the one thing that I want to mention before I get to my chat with Tony and stuff is, uh, Mike Segroy, um, has, was, uh, posted on Facebook that, uh, he, uh, along with the, uh, the, the players union, um, one of the reps there, um, are really going to make, are, are really making strides to kind of set up something for, for, uh, for kind of the tough guys and for, for a place for, you know, for them to talk with someone and, and, and share what they're going through and, uh, and that type of thing. Um, I'm actually, I haven't talked to Mike about this yet. Um, I've had, Mike was a previous guest on the show. I'm going to actually reach out to him here, um. Uh, at some point later this week and uh see if he can come on and uh you know just share what he's doing uh but in the meantime um uh yeah i suggest uh i'm sure most of the people listening are on facebook and that type of thing um to go to his facebook page and uh and read the post there um and if you have any uh and if you want to help out get a hold of him through private message um you know if you're not on social media and you're interested uh, let me know and I can certainly, um, you know, pass along and, and, and get that information for you. Uh, just drop me a line, hockeyfights at hotmail.com if you're not on social media. Um, but yeah, uh, Mike's doing, it's a good thing. And, uh, and a number of players have, uh, have stepped up and, 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 and are all sort of, uh, 
championing that uh, that platform, and uh, and I think it's a it's an excellent um, it's an excellent idea, and um, and and if it uh, you know if it if it just saves one person, obviously it's worth it. So um, you know, uh, and I know I have a number of ex players that listen to this show, and um, and from talking to them. Um, I, I know there's been some guys that have really struggled and, uh, and I, and I think, uh, I hope they take advantage of this and talk to Mike and, uh, and, and the union there and, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, they can get, uh, um, the help that they're, that they're, that they need. So, um, again, um, uh, I'm going to try to get, uh, reach out to Mike and maybe get him on the show just to kind of talk about, uh, what he's trying to set up. But in the meantime, definitely, like I said, go to Mike Segroy on Facebook and, uh, it's all up on his page there. He talks about it and, uh, and, uh, get a hold of him for, uh, to, to, to going forward. So yeah, guys, so it's a real, um, yeah, like I said, it's, it, it's sort of a, a, definitely a tribute episode, uh, to Gino. Um, so I'm not going to do with the, all the, you know, the, my ranting and raving and like I normally do on that, on, on these shows, um, you know, um, so nothing, nothing, uh, against, uh, Joe and Alec and, and the other shows that, but, uh, as far as, uh, we'll just get into, uh, get into the conversation that I had with Tony, uh, discussing Gino Ojek's career and his legacy. Um, unfortunately I, as I, as I hate to do, um, I am contractually obligated to, uh, put the sponsor ad in in on these uh, um, episodes. So whenever the episode comes out on the network, um, we have to have that on there. Unfortunately, so it's. Uh, um, I just I just want to point that out that uh, um, you know, so I'm not just sticking that in on you uh, during a tribute episode. There are reasons for that. Um, but um, other than that, guys, I'm no. Uh, well, I don't, well, <clears throat> pardon me i have uh there's not much more to say um like i said um it was a real real sad weekend this past week for hockey and uh again my uh my condolences go out to the families of ryan pisiak todd gillingham and gino ojik and family and friends and um yeah and it's uh like i said it's uh hopefully i don't have to do another one of these episodes for a long time so um but no again this is sort of a celebration of gino's life and his career uh and just what it meant to the fight fans and, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, just to, just to talk about him fondly and, and remember. So, um, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, this is my, uh, conversation with Tony. Um, and, uh, other than that, guys, um, I will talk to everybody on Sunday. Thanks guys. All right. Here on the fourth line voice, got a special guest today uh, and, uh, Tony out in BC is uh is on the line tony how you doing tonight i'm doing really good almost tired of talking now we just talked for over an hour i know we're like a couple <laughs> old ladies in a knitting circle here yeah but finally <laughs> finally hit record and uh, here we go and unfortunately um I'd, I'd like to like to like to say it was it would be having you on under under better circumstances but unfortunately uh we're going to talk about the uh the passing of gino ojik tonight and uh and basically take a look back at, at his career. And, uh, and I wanted to do this, and I thought you'd be the perfect guest to have on because uh, being out in Vancouver and following the Canucks as much as you do. And, I mean, you were right there, obviously, during uh, in Vancouver at the time when Gino was uh, riding shotgun with Burray and the Canucks. So I wanted to get you on the show to talk about, uh, to talk about Gino. Um, 
I guess we'll 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 start at the beginning. Um, what was uh, when Gino came to town and stuff? What was your uh, what would that be ninety ninety one with the Canucks? Um, what what were your first impressions of Gino Ojic? Well, back then, of course, you know, there's no YouTube and all that other shit, so you know, you don't really know much about him. Like, you, yeah. you know, there's no videos of him in the Quebec League at the time, and you know, you you don't even really know anything about the guy. So. You know, Ron DeLorme, he was the guy that scouted him. He was the guy that pushed for the Canucks to draft him. And, uh, you know, a guy comes to town and, okay, he's going to play tonight. Let's see what this guy's got, right? And we only fought Manson. It was, you know, not much. They fall down pretty quick. But the Grimson fight, that kind of, that that was really like the, the start of it, right? Like he gave, it was pretty good, pretty even, but he landed a couple extra that kind of rocks do. And then, uh, you know, then he, he won. You know, he went to, on to fight like, uh, and unfortunately, there's so many of the, the games weren't, weren't televised, right? So you don't see, you had to watch the highlights and hope to God they show it because, you know, like, you know, he did a McGuire fight and stuff. That's not televised, but there was highlights of it. You know, he fought Brown, what, five times or something. Like, it, it was great. Like, it, it was finally a legitimate heavyweight because, you know, they had Cox and, and you know, after the Crowder, you know, TKO, he just, he, you know, he was, he was done, right? So they they needed that. Um, they wanted it. Pat Quinn said that uh, they were looking for a tough guy, and, and he was the guy. Yeah, well, and, <clears throat> yeah, and that's the thing. And uh, well, to go back to like you were saying, of course, um, you know, no internet, no YouTube, and stuff back then. We, you know, and um, and especially because uh, Gino came out of the Quebec League uh, with Laval. Uh, and so we really didn't see him because I know you and I are at back then, you know, we're, you're, we're WHL guys. So, yeah. So, I mean, yep. you know, if he had been in the Western Hockey League, it would have been different, right? You would have, okay, well, I remember him from, you know, whenever, but yeah, coming out of Quebec. Well, our team, our team, we didn't, sorry, we didn't even have a Western team. They left in 88. So, yeah, we had no, like, our closest team would probably be Seattle or, or Kamloops or something like. So, we didn't even have a chance, even if he did play then. No, that's true. Yeah, you know, that's right. He, I, I completely forgot. Yeah, right, right. The Giants weren't there, of course. Yeah, like, yeah. So, so yeah, you wouldn't have seen me there. Yeah. No, no. New West moved, and so we didn't have a team for years. And uh, and then, um, you know, he, his last year in Quebec, like, he played with Sandy McCarthy. Like, Jesus Christ, talk about an awesome one-two. No, absolutely. and uh, And like you said, now – you know, through through the internet and meeting people and, and tape trading and all that, as as that grew, um, of course, that the Laval stuff is out there. That footage and uh, I've seen it. I have it sitting right here. Some of it is on my YouTube channel. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know the infamous playoff fights there when when Gino's got the blonde mohawk going, kind of got the demolition man yeah. thing happening. But uh, yeah, him yeah. and Sandy, what a tag team that is in Laval and. Yeah. Um, Actually, they would go on to have a couple good, really good fights in the NHL, actually, against each other. Um, and I know they're good friends. Um, but yeah. Didn't, didn't they up. just to fight just, just, I thought that, sorry, I thought they just fought just for one time, no? Was it the, uh, well, it was once for sure, because I just actually finished watching it before I talked to you. For some reason, I thought it was. And there was an interview. And I think it was once, and, uh, yeah, they were, you know, good friends, and they, I, I'm not even sure, was it, I think it might have been an exhibition game, and it was a neutral site maybe and a great fight too right but it yep. cuts in when 
Gino's jersey is already off, and they're, they're really going. It looks pretty even, and McCarthy was, you know, very tough. And there was an interview with them both saying, like, you know, they're good friends, but, you know, shit happens on the ice, and that's their job, right? So, No, absolutely, yeah. And the thing that actually struck me, yeah, that's right, they only did fight the once. But the thing that struck me about that fight is uh, Gino's actually throwing a lot of lefts. Which he didn't normally do. He was a right-hander, but he was yeah. actually throwing some pretty good yeah. lefts against Sandy. They're going toe-to-toe. If anybody yeah. out there is listening, uh, go, go. Well, I hope someone's out there listening. But go go to YouTube. Like I said, the there's fights no, are going to talk about are on there. I'm sorry, but nobody's going to be listening to me. <laughs> well, I don't, sorry, I don't know. You might, be, you might be a ratings, ratings down anchor. a bit. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I am, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but uh, it's really... He, when you know he came to the Canucks, and you know right away he his presence was felt, right? Like the team, they had a few other tough guys on the team and 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 stuff, but he was like the main guy, right? And he, you know, Brian Burke once said he wanted to be the toughest guy in the National Hockey League. That was his goal, and uh, you know he fought everybody. He you know he fought Dave Brown, Twist. You know he never fought Probert because of the. The public can come into Canada, you know, that type of thing. Gina was suspended a few times. I don't, I don't think they really matched up, but, uh, you know, and I don't think he fought Coaster. I don't know. He fought pretty much everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he fought, what he fight? Nick Sorley about five times. Uh, Sean Cronin, Ty Domi, like multiple fights against those guys, right? He had actually one of his best fights, looks like. Uh, it was against Grimson, but it was in Chicago. It was the second time they fought, but the camera's up really high, and you got he's doing the announcing. And it, from what you can see, it looks like a, a really good fight. It's hard to say 100 percent because the camera, like I said, the camera's up high. But uh, that was one of his probably his better fights. Yeah, it was uh, the, the the thing that surprised me with G. I, I didn't realize it until I went and like. Um, on, on hockey DB, I thought he was in the IHL longer. Like I thought he played like a season or two there, but yeah, he played 17 games and actually had 17 games. Yeah. He had seven goals, hundred, hundred minutes. And then it was off to yeah. Vancouver and he never saw yeah. the minors again. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was the, if he was brought up after the Cox Crowder fight, I'm not sure if that was the same season because uh, my mind's a little bit foggy after that, but I, I think it was right after that. That's when they brought him up, right? Like, and uh, you know, he was great. He was he was he was exciting as hell. You know, he was he was very a very humble guy, very shy guy, right? And uh, you know, but the fans just loved this guy right away. You know, chant his name, and you know, just loved loved this guy. It's a real, you know, it's just really, a real shame, you know, everybody's going to miss him, and there's been lots of tributes to him and stuff online, and, and uh, you know, just a, a fantastic human being from all accounts. And... Yeah, like you, like you always seemed really, um, like I mean, uh, the old TSN show there that off the record, he was on a bunch of times, and you always, and you know, you see the interviews, he always comes across, yeah, like you said, shy, really, you know, nice guy, but pretty funny, and, um, you know, yeah. Um, but um, I, you know, that was the thing I can remember. Uh, 
like you said, that kind of that immediate sort of splash in Vancouver and, uh, that he had. And, um, yeah, like I said, he, he, you know, fought everybody. And, uh, I remember, uh, getting like later on, you know, seeing the, you know, the McSorley stuff and, and everything. Um, well, that's the thing, right? Because if you didn't, if you weren't at the game, right. Or they didn't show it on the sports, like a lot of the games weren't televised. So you didn't see it, right? Like it was just, you'd have to wait till the end of the season when other people put tapes out and stuff, and that's how you'd get the footage, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like he fought Shane Trilla. He fought Shane Trilla. I probably didn't see that for till you know, 10 years later. You know, same with Link Gates. You know, those Link, Link Gates, those, somebody was holding on to that stuff for a while, right? Because, uh, you know, they were not on, like, you know, Robert LeBlanc put a, a Geno tape, because he knew Geno, and he put a tape together, and it, it didn't have either of those fights. Yeah, you know yeah. it's just like a, it's it, it's it was different back then. Like people maybe you know don't or young people obviously don't know, right? But it was it was you had to wait several months sometimes to get more footage, right? Oh, absolutely. And and the thing that actually um, surprised me, um, well, it shouldn't surprise me after talking to you and Chris and everything over the years, but to even now, like we're talking about a guy who played in the nineties. Like not the seventies yeah. or early eighties. Like this is the nineties, and there's still no yeah. footage of him in Vancouver. Really, like there's footage missing. Yeah. Like it's hard to believe that. Like you'd think everything he had from the time he got the NHL in the nineties would be out there, but it's still well, especially like Toronto. Like when he fought Kevin Maguire, there's a highlight clip of it. It's pretty much the whole fight. But like Toronto didn't televise the game. You know, no. Vancouver didn't televise the game. Like it's like. You know, and so you have to rely on this. You know, you always watch the sports highlights and stuff. And because he was such a uh, favorite and stuff, and you know, he had, he had a lot of good fights. So they would usually show, you know, his fights and stuff, right? So yeah, and it was like, and it was one of those things. Like, I mean, the first time I ever saw him was on obviously on Hockey Night in Canada, um, and I want to say, uh, well, it's funny because my friend Brady ended up taping it. But I want to say it was the fight with Paul McDermott when he was in Winnipeg. Um, oh yeah, just I want to say that hammered was, him. Yeah, yeah, I want to say that was the first time I saw Gino, and uh, yeah, well, and he hammered. Not that Paul McDermott was a killer or anything. I like Paul McDermott, but he wasn't much of a fighter. But um, but yeah, Gino oh, yeah, t- that's actually he, he caught he caught Ruby. He did. Oh, he was okay. He, he was okay. But I always like he was a hitter, right? Like he was always really physical yeah. and stuff. I always like Paul McDermott. Yeah. He- but uh more of a more of a middleweight, but yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But but yeah. uh but yeah, Gino but, definitely took a round out of him. And I was like, Oh yeah, who's this cat, right? And then um yeah. I wanna say the I wanna see the Brown Edmonton fight was on Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah, that was really disappointing. That where they felt they they fought twice in that game. That the one you're talking about where yeah. they the first one is kind of like more grappling and 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 they had they had one in Vancouver that's just a highlight, and that was the probably the best one they had. And Brown like really took a round out of Gino, right? Like that was a good learning lesson for him that you know Brown's a lefty and whatever, right? So, and then they had another one in the same game where they were wrestling, uh, where they came out of the penalty box and they fell down right away. It wasn't much of anything. They were really disappointed really, because the best fight they had, nobody had. It was just a quick highlight. Yeah. Yeah, and like you and like you mentioned, uh, you know his first NHL fight was against Dave Manson, 
And uh, November 21st, 1990. Um, he, and like you said, he fought Stu Grimps in that game as well. Um, it's a hell of a debut. Um, but I think uh, I, I, I think one of the things that sort of gets lost, I mean, he kind of had the one big year there, but but overall, like, Ojuk wasn't a bad player. No, he, he, you know, he scored... Jesus, I can't remember when he played with Burry, what he scored, 17 goals or? Yes, yeah, yeah. One year. 93 94, he had 16 goals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, he could put a puck in the net. He wasn't just a, a one dimensional guy, more like, you know, like a Craig Cox, say, right? And, uh, you know, but he, his, he, he was a protector of everybody, right? On the team, right? He was uh, an awesome team guy and, you know, and he was such good friends with Burry that let's put, you know, and always people always took a run at Burry, right? So, you know, that's a, you know, like Todd Simpson or whatever. So, you know, put him on his wing and see how he does. And, and he could keep up, right? And, you know, Burry loved to feed Gino so he could score. And, yeah, it worked out really well, really well for him. Yeah, and I mean, and I know his, his friendship with Burry lasted until he died. Like, they were... They were like really good friends off the ice and did a lot of stuff together. And, um, yeah, yeah, and uh, but yeah, I can remember that. Um, well, and the one thing with Gino that I will say, um, like you said, he was, you know, the he he um, he took the enforcer role seriously. Like he he was not afraid to cross a line. And oh, he crossed the line many times. Many times. Yeah, and snap. <laughs> like he. Gino was a mean bastard when he wanted to be. And, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, he did stuff back then. I mean, oh, new age fans, if they saw some of this stuff, they'd, you know, they'd be in the fetal position in the corner, you know, with how bad it was. But back yeah, then. Yeah. He, 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 I think he speared McKinnis in the nuts and yep. got like three games or something. And I think he speared Justin Hawking in a preseason game and in, in, against LA and, uh, yeah, you know, he suckered Kurt Maltby, and, like, he, he was not afraid to, you know, take that extra penalty. No, no, no. Many times. the other one? It was the real, oh, Harvey. Todd Harvey. Todd Harvey. Yeah. He smashed yeah, Harvey. Guy. Like, yeah, it, yeah. And uh, as Kasparitis, I think he did it too, too, you know. Yeah, Which yeah. I don't think any, I don't yeah, think he, too many people were upset about the Kasparitis one, but. You know, <laughs> no, I know. That, that guy but had yeah, that he, coming for many years, but. But he also took a, a cheap shot from uh, Jake Hoffman where it broke his uh, cheekbone, right? Like, that was that was yeah. bullshit. Like, he comes across the ice, and instead of dropping his arms, he just elbows him in the face. You know, yeah. and then he missed, I don't know how, how many, he missed quite a few games with that. I remember Gino saying he was really disappointed in Caulfield doing something like that. Yeah. You know, right, and then they did fight. Yeah. Yeah, they did fight in Pittsburgh. It wasn't much of a fight. You know, Caulfield was shit balanced, but, you know, it, it, like, I don't know what, what the whole point of the elbow was, so. But, yeah, he didn't have a, he didn't, you know, you know, he, he didn't, he wasn't afraid to, kind of like McSorley, right? He wasn't afraid to, you know, bend the rules to get a point across, and, you know, anybody even looked at Beret, like, like that, you know, a whole guy for LA, right? He just, you know, Brett Hedekin, you know, stuff like that, right? Guys who aren't even tough guys. Like, he, just, he wasn't afraid to go at him, right? So, yeah. Well, that time against St. Louis, he wanted to kill Glenn Anderson, you know? Oh. Um, that, that was that, that you know, whole St. Louis that, line brawl. 
Yeah, I know that was on. I know that was on CBC, but the Ken Wilson call of St. Louis is so much better. It's like, oh, Jack, oh, Jack, be suspended from here to whatever end of time or whatever it was, and he's going after Creighton, and Creighton's like, you know, backing up, and but you know, he suckers Holder to kind of start it, right? He suckers Bill Holder goes after Creighton, you know, Anderson, the fucking pussy that he was, like, you know, running and running away and kind of laughing at him, right? Well, that all so starts, like, for people that don't know what we're talking about, if you could type in, like, no gear on, he's going that, after everybody. Are you there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll say the first. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's funny because that was a playoff game, and St. Louis, like, was winning that, handily winning that game. But Canucks came back to win that series, which was great. But, yeah, that was, that was uh, an awesome, that was so fun to watch, like, you know, and he had that one game in Los Angeles when he lost his shit. And what did he get about? He he was going after a whole bunch of guys, and then the ref grabbed him. And he was pointing at the referee, and who was the Bill uh, um, Dan Marawelli, I think it was, or whatever, was holding him and pointing at Gino, and Gino points his finger right back at you, like get the fuck out of my face, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually have a really good picture. Eat. I have a really good Getty Images picture of that with the two of them pointing their fingers at each other. Yeah. I, um, think, I think he got about 40 minutes in penalties or something that night. He was going ape shit after everybody who got a couple of misconducts. And yeah, like I said, right. It's funny because we did, me and my buddy, so we did the same thing you guys did back then with the penalty minute pools, you know? Like, yeah. And, oh yeah, he was all, he was always like, a first or second pick there for a couple of years, like, you know, cause you knew he was going to, you know, he's going to rock up the penalty minutes and. Oh yeah. Well, consecutive 300 minute years. And, um, but yeah, the St. Louis thing, um, yeah, like I said, it was the playoffs <coughs> and he's just going after everybody in the ice. Uh, again, it's on YouTube for those that want to see it. Um, but the reason that all happened as he talks about later on is Glenn Anderson had speared, Bury in the face the game before. That's what started the whole thing. So again, no, okay. I, I think you and I were talking about this. Who, who, Go ahead. Who, who was it? Was it, was it McLean or, or Whitmore in net? And they were poking at the puck. They kind of started. Then Linden, I think, came in there to kind of like grab one of the guys to get him off. And that's when the whole thing started. Uh, why he went after. I wish he had got his hands on Anderson. I fucking hated that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. For, well, know, I think, every, I think everybody in, in Vancouver wanted to see him get his hands on him too. But um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that was the thing with uh, like you said we, while we were talking uh, before we got going. But I think some people like they see these brawls or you know they go to YouTube and okay they watch the St. Louis and it's just like oh Ojik just snapped for no reason and what's he doing and it's like well he didn't it didn't just fall out of the sky. There is a reason why he's doing this, and and that yeah. was the reason behind that brawl. Is Anderson had speared Bury in the face the game before, and no one saw it. It was like behind the play or whatever. So yeah, there was revenge time, and uh, Ojik was going to do it, and he wasn't going to wait till next year or whatever. It was going to be the next night. So um, that was the reason for that line brawl. But uh, yeah. but uh, typical Anderson, though, right? Well, yeah, I mean, and, that, and but to go to Ojik, there you go. I mean, he didn't care who you were. I mean, nowadays, yeah. they, nobody would go after Anderson because, oh, the code, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm a heavyweight, so I can't go after him. I mean, that's, 
you know, that's the mindset of today's friggin' player and fan, right? But Ojik, it didn't matter. Like, it was, you know, you messed with Burray or one of his guys, I mean, especially Burray, I mean, you were going to get it, like you said, right? Like, it didn't matter. Peter Aloha or, yeah, yeah or uh, Glenn Anderson or whatever. It was, uh, yeah. you know, it, it Mark, you know, it was coming. But uh, especially Todd Simpson, they they just Todd Simpson always took a run at Burray, right? And oh yeah. One time Burray, one time Burray uh, gave him a I don't know if it was a body check or whatever knocked Simpson down because he wasn't afraid to stick up for himself as you know Churla found out. So, but uh, which is you know blatantly that'd be a fucking ten game suspension, no questions. Oh, that, know, that, that album Burray threw on Churla was brutal. Yeah, but. yeah. Oh yeah. When when I when I met Churl, I was I was told don't mention it to him. So and I, I wasn't I wasn't going to right. So yeah. But yeah. Uh, he he fought you know he fought like Bill Heward, Churla, you know Link Gates, like you, you know you name it. Like he had a couple good fights with Lee DeBrusque back yep. when you know DeBrusque was DeBrusque was uh, more of a fighter back then before he. Became just a wrestler, right? But uh, you know, and how did he fight McSorley five, six times? And yeah, always all all good fights too. Like uh, they fought a couple times in the playoff game, and and uh, the, you know the one I think the one in LA where Gino's cut over the eye. That's probably the best fight they had. You know, that was a beauty. Yeah, yeah. But I he, agree. You know, Gino was a guy. He, he was a guy. His jersey came off all the time, like. I don't know if that was a, a game. Like, I don't, he must not have tied down because similar to, you know, McSorley or whatever, his jersey came off pretty easy. And uh, so what, what's your take on the twist fights? Because in, in the Bad Boys book, okay, the second one, Twist talks about on the face-off circle, they're lined up. And he says to the, the I think it was a ref set, he, Twist said the ref said you have to pull your sleeve down or something like that. And then Twist said, well, he's going to jump me off the face-off, right? Anyway, so the pucks drop. And they, but what, the only thing I have a thing on that is, like, how can the guy jump if you're really going to fight him? Like, that didn't make any sense to me because I've seen, I watched that fight again yesterday. And, like, they they wear off the face off. They look, they, you know, the pucks drop. They drop the gloves. They go at it. So it's like he didn't jump them. And I thought Gino was all over him in that one. And then Twist kind of took over near the end, and Gino kind of like went for the takedown. And then they had the one along the boards by the penalty box, and uh, that was that was uh, it was okay. And then they had one in Quebec uh, where they squared off, and it was broken up. And then they fought again. And uh, probably, I can't remember how that went, so I don't know if you watched that one or not, but you probably twist quite a few times. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's probably just one of those things, right, that it was just, like, none of the fights were ever any, like, really that great, because there's that fight in the IHL yeah. that I have, too, and it's like... Yeah, the one by the... By the benches, or something. yeah, yeah, and it's just like, and I, th- I think Twist is probably just mad that he actually never got him, right? Like, could never get a really good one on him, and it was just like, I, yeah, probably just mad about it, you know. Never had the but, good but fight. Gino knew, but Gino knew, like, you know, because he said, I heard an interview with him 
several years ago when he was in the dressing room after the twist fight and twist came in to the dressing room and he goes, the guy was the biggest man I've ever seen. Right. And I'm paraphrasing, but he sounded sound like the biggest guy I ever seen. And he was really mad at me and he did all these Kung Fu kicks and shit like that. <laughs> he thought we were going to fight right there, but they didn't. <laughs> So he knew he knew Twist was no pushover. And do you know do you know he was pretty he was he was a pretty humble guy. Like he wouldn't slam you, bash anybody or something like that. No, not really. Yeah. No, I wouldn't think so. Um, you know, he he always said the, the toughest guys were Dave Brown and Bob Covert, even though he never fought Covert. That was those were the two the toughest guys. He's you know, and he had a lot of trouble with Brown just because his. He's a lefty, and he's you know his reach and whatever, right? But I thought, I thought around ninety three, ninety two, ninety three or so, ninety three, ninety four. I thought he was in the top three. I thought it was Probert, McSorley, and Ojek. Looking back, I don't know, maybe not, but like you know, Brown has to be in there probably. And but like he beat a lot of guys, you know, in his first few years. Like he had a lot of trouble with Domi, though, like. After Domi dropped in, in that first their first fight in Vancouver, he kind of caught that quick knockdown and and yeah. that kind of, that kind of I think that made him a bit, bit gun shy of Domi right like and Domi surprised a lot of guys in, in his first year right like and yeah, uh, I yeah know, like I think, in the interview I saw yeah. with him yeah he was saying it was on after it was after he had retired and uh, he, they asked him who his toughest fights were and he said Dave Brown and Ty Domi yeah yeah. And, and, you know, both lefties too, right? Like, yeah. But you know, he wasn't. Gina wasn't. He wasn't really a square off guy. Like, he did square off a few times, but he wasn't. He was more like, you know, like pushing and shoving, and and then the gloves go flying. Like, he wasn't, or he just grab a guy and start drilling them. Like, he was not really uh, like Bershear. Say, for example, he'd square off Ruby. He would square off all the time, right? But. Gino, he would just like maul you, and then the gloves come off, right? So, yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Like watching his fights, it was um, like he wasn't a wrestler. Well, he kind of would wrestle, but uh, yeah, yeah, he. It, it'd be interesting. The, the first half of the fight, he'd sort of wrestle with you and kind of get you in position, but he would let go and start throwing and go toe to toe, but. So I wouldn't call him a wrestler, but it's like I wouldn't call him a wide open fighter either. Um, no, no, definitely not. It's kind of like McSorley in that way, right? Like McSorley. Yeah. The thing is, the thing with Gino, he did not have good stamina. Like his second year, I believe they almost sent him. I could be wrong, but I thought I heard that they almost sent him to the minors because he was out of shape. But uh, you know, they they needed his toughness, right? So, but. He, he was he was kind of like McSorley in the sense like McSorley never squared squared off either right like no and uh, you know he, he had he had some you know just really good fights like you know Peluso Churla Hewitt like these are all good, tough guys and you know it's just it, you know he was he was a fan favorite for a, a, a long. One of the maybe the biggest fan favorite they've ever had in Vancouver. Like you know, Trevor Lindon's a, a guy in Pavel Gory, but I don't think anybody was much uh, as much loved as, as Gino, right? Like you know, the chant his name and yeah, you know, 
just excited guy. When he scored on that penalty shot, like, you know, it was exciting. And Oh, well, that's, I was about to say, yeah, that penalty shot. Uh, yeah, because Chris put that on the best, the, the Canucks fight DVD. I remember seeing that. <clears throat> but it's like, <clears throat> even watching the clip on YouTube now, like, you could feel the energy of the crowd when he scores. Like even yeah, yeah. Like and you wear headphones and watch it. Was. Oh yeah, like you could you could just feel how the excitement of it, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was on hockey in Canada. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when you're on, I was just actually looking at his drop the gloves, and I mean, this is including preseason and stuff. But it's like, yeah, like that first year at 45 games, he had 27 fights. Then uh, 65 game, 39 fights, 23 fights, 15 fights. I mean, 24 fights in his last year in Vancouver. I mean, or second last year, pardon me. Um, yeah, he was uh, he was busy, man, in Vancouver. And uh, yeah, I, and I think it's he had unfo- trouble. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I think he had trouble with guys like Langan. Like you know, he had so much stamina. Right, they fought a couple times, and, and he just doesn't have that type of stamina. Right, like. You know, McSorley had really good stamina, and, you know, he had trouble with him. You know, he, he didn't really lose or anything, but, like, he just, he doesn't have that. You know, some guys have it. Like, I don't know how Langdon could go for two minutes. I have no idea. No, I, you know, who knows? It's like, that's always amazing with McSorley, because McSorley do a lot of pulling, too, right? Pushing and pulling and whatever. Yeah. Like, that's what Ojik would do, right? He was busy kind of mauling you. And it's like, yo, yeah, the, yeah. the energy that would that would take out of you. Is be yeah yeah you know and uh, but that was the Did thing have, I can't remember. Did he have uh, torn stomach uh, stomach muscles or that's what happened? In the, I think he missed some time in the with the Islanders. Yeah, like once he left Vancouver, um, you know, it, it was kind of he could never seem to get on track after that. Um, yeah, because he got hurt. His best then, fight probably after after leaving Vancouver was when he dropped more set and. In Montreal, or was it Morissette? No, he was with the Islanders, I think. Did he drop Morissette, who was with Montreal? Uh, Is that right? You got me thinking here. Um, Yes. No, he was with. uh, Yeah, he was with the Islanders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was probably his best fight since leaving Vancouver. Like that was because he wasn't a knockout guy at all, right? No, you know, but he he when he fought like guys like you know Hartman, McDermott, you know like you know he he he'd do really well, right? But like a guy like Chris King, he fought I don't know Jesus like five six times, and and King always gave him a really good fight. King was really tough. He was pretty stocky, right? And and not as big as Gino, but he always gave him a really good tough a tough time, and and he also fought. Um, uh, uh, it was Thomas Steen of Winnipeg. Yeah. And he was punching out, punching out Tom. He told Thomas Steen to get away from him. He tried to, but he wouldn't, he, you know, he, he grabbed his guy and he wouldn't let Gino go, right? So he, you know, took some shots at him. And that's when Paddock was so pissed off and they went and got uh, Domi and Chris King right after that. Because Winnipeg, like, they just, he, he just had his run of, you know, he'd fight Cronin five times. And those were pretty good fights. Like, Cronin was kind of the same way, right? Wrestling, punching, too, at the same time, right? But, um, yeah, he, he was, he, he had, he had trouble with, uh, with Dolby, so that's, you know, it was good that Winnipeg got him. 
And now, a message from our sponsors. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL Divisional Round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at even bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Well, folks, is, is Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy going to keep it going in San Francisco, keep that winning streak alive against the Dallas Cowboys? It's going to be a tough uh, tough road challenge for, uh, for the Cowboys. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL's divisional round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. They had several other battles, right, throughout the years. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh... But yeah, it was like, you know, he's kind of, he was, you know, rolling in Vancouver there. And, uh, I mean, you were in Vancouver, obviously, at the time and followed the Canucks. Um, when he kind of got, I, like, he was basically, I mean, he played when Brashear was there. But I think, I guess Brashear was sort of the younger model. Like, we're going to update yeah. this a little bit and replace him. And, um, cause I can't remember when he left, when he got traded from Vancouver. Like, was he having an issue with management or anything or it was just, you know, it's time it was to go because we got Brashear Ke- here. No, Keenan, Keenan was pissed off at Pavel Bure. And the way he got back at Pavel Bure was to trade Gino Ojek. Okay. That's, that's why he got traded. Because Keenan was mad at Bure. And, you know, you can't really do much of You can't trade Bure or, or whatever at the time. He wasn't going to. So he traded Ojek. And, uh, yeah, that was... And, you know, they had, but yeah, an unbelievably tough team that year. Like, you know, with Bashir and McAllister and, uh, you know, Scott Walker and like they had about 15 tough guys that year. You know, they didn't, and then they traded Ojek for Strudwick, like. Yeah. And, you know, then they, they had Ciccone and he, he got pissed off. He didn't got pissed off again because he, he spoke out. Bashir was not playing against the Canadians in Montreal, so Chaconi thought it was bullshit. He spoke out about it, so Keenan shipped him off, and who did they get in return? Jamie Huscroft. Like, yeah, it was, it was 97, 98, like, you know, that was a, a, an awesome year, even though, like, he got traded, uh, I believe it was 97, 98 he got traded. Yep. And, yeah, and it was, you know, he played most of the year there, right? Like, and uh, he had some good fights, like, when he ran uh, Hoshik, and then and then uh, that whole brawl, they had two big brawls with Buffalo that year because he ran Hossack and then they, Barney went to run Sean Burke and, and kind of backfired because Burke beat the shit out of him, right? And, you know, he, he wasn't afraid to do dirty shit, like that's for sure. And that team was really bad in 97, 98. So there was a lot of cheap shots and fights and shit like that. Like, Oh, well, like, and like you said, right? I mean, uh, you know, they had Brad May on that team too. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, Dave, uh, yes, Dave Scatcherd. They had Steve Stayoff. They had a lot of guys that could, you know, yeah, that could weren't afraid to drop the gloves. Yeah, like I was just looking like May, Brad, uh, Brian McCabe, Stayoff, yeah, um, McAllister. Yep. 
uh, like you said, Huskroft, yep. Strudwick, Jaconi, yep. um, Scott Walker, shit, yep. Sean Burke and Garth Snow, even the goalies were tough, you know, like. Exactly. Yeah. They had, they had, they had, like, they had a, such a tough team. And it was, not all the games were so, back in, all the games still weren't televised. But I put it, you know, you, you make the tape as best as you can, and then you add other fights at the end of the season, like, you know. But, uh, yeah, that was that was an awesome year to be uh, a fight fan, for sure. You know, and they had, that's, that's kind of like, you know, Brashear was kind of like, I think he, because when he came, the first year was 96, 97, and then the second year, 97, 90, that's when he really kind of started to dominate. And I think they didn't need Juno at that at that point, right? Like, you know, they had Brashear and they had a lot of other guys, so. But, you know, he was with the Islanders and, and with the Canadians, but he, you know, he made his home here. He, he loved it here. And, you know, it's too bad he got, uh, that, uh, illness. And, but you got another eight years after they thought he was going to die. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. I know. Yeah. He loved the Vancouver area and obviously he stuck around. And yeah, it was interesting. It was, um, you know, I hate to use the word just like, you know, just, you know, kind of fell off, fell apart, fell off the cliff, so to speak, his career-wise. But, but really, I mean, after he left Vancouver, like you said, the Islanders. I know Joe's talked about it. Um, yeah, like you said, he got that stomach injury, and uh, yeah, yeah, sports hernia, fucking torn stomach, and it's like, you know, he tried to play through it. And the more you play through it, the you know, you just aggravate it, and so he was never really yeah. the same. And in, in with the Islanders, I know he was there for. For, for the three seasons and uh and then the island the islanders of course traded him to uh philadelphia and uh you know pl- he played there for you know 13 games the one year and then 17 games and then philadelphia traded him to montreal and they actually yeah. traded him yeah. for, P- for pj stock was what the trade was for he got traded for stock yeah. um but like he really never did anything in philly again he was hurt and then in montreal yeah. it's like and then I know he, he did some time in the American League there with the Citadels in Quebec to rehab and everything. And then, um, yeah. you know, like you said, it's kind of his, uh, you know, his, his last kind of great fight was the Morissette fight in Montreal uh, when he put Moose down. And uh, outside of that, uh, you know, he had the, you know, he really think, didn't did do much. Fight- I don't. I don't have his fight card in front of me for a month. Though when he was with the Habs, who did he fight? Um. Well, his his uh, he fought Domi, uh, Andre Waugh, Tamer. Um, he fought Chara, um, Ryan Flynn. <laughs> his best fight and it was actually uh, with Montreal. And his his last fight of his career was actually against PJ Stock uh, in Montreal, and that was pretty good. Um. Yeah, I'd have to go back, and I didn't have a chance to look at that one before we talk. But uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, it's it, it, a, it, a playoff fight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, he, he, you know, he was he was a decent player though because he played in like the '94 playoffs. Like, you know, they went to the final, and he played in not all the games, but uh, you know, probably half or so. And they had. Yeah, again, they had such a tough team, like with Antoski and Tim Hunter and Joe Diddick and Sergio Bomasso. Like, you know, 
he he always has a lot of good guys with him. Like he wasn't just a solo guy, right? Which you know helps a lot. Yeah, his it, the next couple of years he was in Vancouver. Towards the end there, he did get some help. I know when he was first there, when he first came up as a rookie, it was kind of. I mean, he had well, he had Stern with him for a little bit, and 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 did and Garth Butcher and you know and stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, he was certainly the uh, you know the heavyweight of the team. Um, you know, it, it, you know, like you said, Mameso was there, and um, you know, Dirk, and then I think it was, uh, yeah, it was that '92 season, '92, '93, his second year when Hunter came. You know, and uh, yeah, you know, I've obviously I've never. I'd like to have. I've, I'm I'm working on getting Tim Hunter on the show, but it would be interesting when I get if I can get him on. I'd like to ask him because I would assume, especially then, I, I'd imagine he probably did a lot of work with with uh, Ojik. Like I'm sure Hunter being like the veteran guy and Ojik being the rookie, I'm sure Hunter showed him a few things. Anyway, he may have, and and you know, like that's you know that's they had so much tough. The Bert, he loved tough guys, right? You know, he always had always had a tough team, and cause for you know the reason they brought him up because like Pat Quinn said, you know, we've been pushed around, you know, a little bit, and you know, so they brought him up, and and like. You know the rest is history. Like, you know, you know they they always had some guys like, you know, you know Cox, Stern. These guys like they're good, but they're not like they're not like heavyweights. You know, and you know Cox is really pretty much done by then anyway. Yeah. But uh, you know, it it was you know they had a lot of tough guys throughout the years with those with uh with, with the Canucks and stuff and. You know, he had, he had, uh, even that Troy Crowder was in 96, 97, I think it was, or what year was that? 95, 96, when they brought in Crowder and they had Ojik and Crowder. Yeah, 96, 97. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And they, they had. Well, you see, yeah, yeah, I mean, they, and they traded for Brashear. So, I mean, yeah, you had Brashear, Ojik, and Crowder on one team. Yeah, yeah. Crowder was a bust, though. He was done by then. He was. Yeah. After in New Jersey, he was never the same, and he he was he was awful. He was just a wrestler, and he, he, you could tell his heart wasn't in it, right? But like he took some beatings too. Like he fought McKenzie twice and just got pounded, and I think he fought McCarthy, got pounded, and yeah, yeah, he was just he was he and he wrestled with Nebraska and for like two minutes. I don't think a punch was thrown, right? Like two guys that really didn't want to fight were fighting, and yeah. you know. They're like this guy's no good. We'll bring in somebody else, and they got Brashear, and you know he turned out to be like really good. So, oh, that was a great pickup, yeah, yeah. for sure. And uh, well, that was the thing with Vancouver. I mean, in that 1990 draft when they took Ojik, he was in the fifth round, but in the first round they took Antoski. You know, so I mean, yeah. they were definitely looking for size and toughness, and uh, you know. Um, so yeah, you get Antoski in the first and Ojik in the fifth and, and Ojik beat Antoski to the NHL, but, uh, you know, they played there for, together for a little while too. I mean, that's some big dudes and that's an awesome poster. That one, uh, with Antoski, Hunter and Ojik jumping the boards at the same time. Is it a Molson Canadian poster? What fear is all yeah, about? What fear is all, yeah. That's an awesome one. Yeah. 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 How about, I, I have that one that was, uh, Given out, I think, uh, to the beer companies. I found it in a hockey shop and I said, they had it on their wall. It said, I'll, I'll pay you 75 bucks for it. And the guy's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a great poster. Yeah, it one, is. One of, probably 
one of my favorite pieces of all my memorabilia. That stuff really right up there. Well, I know you're around Vancouver and around the guys. Did you have any interactions with Ojik? Um, I met him a couple times. Um, like I said, he's he's a pretty shy guy, and I, I, I didn't really have a lot to say to him. Because, like, you know, I've heard interviews with him, and people call him, like he would be on call-in shows. And I felt bad for him one day. They're on this hockey show after the Hockey Night Canada, and some lady phones up, and she's like, who's the most ferocious opponent you've ever had? <laughs> and I remember him kind of like thinking like ferocious, like, <laughs> you know, so I've heard a lot of interviews with him and stuff. And I didn't really have a lot to say to him, you know, um, come on, Tony, I find that hard to believe. You didn't have a lot to say. I, 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 I don't really think I did. I, 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 I knew, I knew, you know, who his toughest guys were because he's mentioned it many times. And, I don't know. I, I I don't think I really had a lot to say to him. I was, you know, I just he had he signed a few things and you know whatever. Like uh, other guys, I can talk to like I who I don't know maybe like uh, like when Dean Malcock was there. Like I talked to him quite a lot. He was a good guy to talk to and and uh, you know I talked to Ron DeLorme and stuff. But like I, as for Gino, I don't think I really had a lot of interaction with him. Like you know he he was just. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry to let you down. Oh, <laughs> I know. In the one interview I just kind of saw, somebody said, uh, "Does it bother you when people call you a goon?" He's like, "Ah, oh, no, they can call me whatever they want. It's peace working eight hours a day." So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. He, I mean, that was the one thing uh, I always I appreciated about Gino. He was no, he was under no illusion of what he was. Like he knew, he knew yeah. what he was. There was no. He didn't care. You could call him whatever you want. He knew what his role was. And, uh, yeah, for that five or six year run there in Vancouver, I mean, like we always, I always talk yeah, about on the show, right? There's a, there is a difference between enforcing and fighting. They're not, yeah. you know, and, uh, and he was a decent fighter for sure, but he was a good enforcer. I mean, no one messed with Burry. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, and, or the sure. Canucks team. And, uh, and he made sure of it. And like you said, we were talking earlier. He would cross the line and did not care. He would do it in a heartbeat. And yeah, 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 exactly. You know, and so, uh, you know, in, in the case of the Churla one, like he didn't even have to go after Churla. Like it's funny that Churla never tried to go after Domi or um, uh, Churla never went after Burray after that because they played against each other. Like you know, and he never. I don't know. It's weird. Well, a guy hits you with an elbow like that, you'd think you'd want instant retaliation on him. Like the first time you'd see him after that, you'd think you'd want to kill him, especially a guy like Churla. Yeah, right. It's just... And the first, I believe, I believe the first, the next meeting that they had after that playoff series was the first game of the lockout year against. I think it was against Dallas because I remember Antoski throwing up the gloves with. Was it Churla and Churla Turtled or something like that? I could be wrong, but that kind of rings a bell. But he never, he never, he never took a run at him, which is really surprising. Maybe he learned his lesson and just like I don't, I'm not, I'm not going near this fucking guy. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, yeah, who knows? But, uh, but yeah, well, that's you know, unfortunately, yeah, it was sad to read this weekend to read that that Gino passed away. Like I said, he had the he had about a ten year battle there with heart disease, so. Um, unfortunately, uh, 
you know, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't think it was to anybody's real surprise. I mean, cause they had always, uh, they hadn't given him, um, you know, his, his, uh, he never did it that clean. Well, they, gave him, they, they gave him, they gave him weeks to live and he lived eight, eight more years. So well, that was the thing, right? He was sort of living on borrowed time, I guess, in, in terms of the, in the medical world, so to speak. So, um, yeah, yeah. so it was, uh, it was great. When he, when he, when he was in the hospital, like when in 2014, I think it was when they wheeled him out there and there was like the whole, there was hundreds of people there. Yeah. He was in the hospital. Right. And, and that, like you probably saw it on the news, right? It was hundreds yep. of people there. They're chanting his name. And he said that just gave him such a feeling of hope. Like, you know. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. Well, that just shows you right there that the the love affair that the, the city had with him. Because that's 20 years after yeah. he was finished playing there. And it was like, you know, and you just think back. It's like, well, he wasn't the 50-goal scorer. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Or, you know, and, you know, he's a, a fourth-line tough guy. But that's just how much he meant to Vancouver. You know, 20 years yeah. later that the hundreds of people are on the lawn of the, of the hospital cheering for him. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. He he he's like you know he loved it here, and the fans loved him, and you know, you know it's it's too bad, and you know, but that's I guess the way it goes, right? And, yeah, uh, you know, but it was always I was it was, funny, it was no, unfortunate. I think I talked about it in an episode here, and I don't, know, or it might have been with you. I talked about it, but it was just seemed like, um, yeah, after he got traded from Vancouver, like I said, he got hurt and all that, but yeah, it almost. It almost just by watching him fight or play, um, it almost just seemed like his heart wasn't in it anymore. Like his heart was in Vancouver, I think. And I think after he got yeah. traded, I, I, I think a, a comparison to that is Chris Nyland, because when he left Montreal, played for you know the Rangers in Boston, he said his heart was not in it. Yeah, you know, he said he walked, and then he went back to Montreal to finish his career, which was he was elated. But like he said, it was not. He goes, I just, I wanted to be in Montreal and, and, you know, he ended up in, in Rangers and then Boston and he just fucking hated it. Right. And yeah. And I think Ojik, that was the same thing. Right. I mean, I know he's from Quebec and played with Montreal and stuff. And I'm, and I mean, I'm sure wearing the Montreal jersey was a big deal and he's from Quebec and everything and, and all that. But I think a lot of those guys, I think at that point, they're kind of going through the motions and, you know, and, uh, and plus, like I said, he's battling injuries, obviously, but, yeah, I think he was always, his heart was in Vancouver and, uh, you know, and obviously, like you said, right, he stayed there until, well, until he died here. But, um, yeah, it was like, you I said, know, it's Chris Nyland, Chris, I, I would listen to Chris Nyland's podcast today and he said, uh, like he was given a tribute to Ojek and said that a friend of Nyland's or whatever has the same disease that Gino had and, called Chris to say, can I talk, can you pass my number on or get Gino's number or whatever? And he wanted to talk and Gino said, yeah. And they talked about it and said, Nyland said, that's the kind of guy he is. Like he really cared about people and, you know, it meant a lot for that guy to talk to him because they had the same disease, which is such a rare thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's really sad. And it's like, uh, like I said, 52 years old is too young for that. And it's, uh, um, yeah, but he will, uh, he will certainly fond, fondly be fondly remembered in Vancouver. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, oh, yeah, heart, just and soul, to, heart and soul guy. Yeah, absolutely. Just, Definitely. uh, 
yeah, like you said, to kind of wrap it up here, but it was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was, like I said, it was sad this weekend to see, um, and, uh, you know, with a couple of guys passing away, unfortunately, this past weekend, but, but yeah, I saw Geno's there, and it was, uh, yeah, like I said, I wanted to get you on to talk about him, and just, you know, I knew because you're a fan and everything else, and, you know, ultimately, I know as fight fans, we always talk about, you know, all-time rankings and all that stuff and all that, um, in, in the terms of the, of the hockey enforcer history and all that stuff, where, where do you see Ojic kind of in that, uh, in that universe? You know, like, I mean, he's certainly, it's not a disrespect thing at all, but I mean, he certainly wasn't a top 10 all time guy or anything, but where would no. you put him in the, no, in, in the, in the list well, of things? Before that, before going on that, you know, in you know, the old aggressive hockey reports, right in the back, they would have the fans vote for their toughest guys, right? and the top 10, right? And it would come out every episode, right? And that was like 91, 92, 92, 93. And he was, he was voted in there a couple times. Yep. You know, we've all said like, you know, Probert Berube were usually one, two, and Gabe Brown, Link Gates, you know, Baumgartner, Kimball, you know, stuff like that. But he was in there, he was on there a couple times. But as all time, like, you know, it's really hard to say, like top 50, like, you know, that's just a random guess. I have no, I've never done anything like past like a top 10 or top 15. Yeah. And he's, he's definitely not there. Like for sure. Like, you know, his first, like, like I said, I, I thought around 92, 93, I thought he was in the top three or four of the league. Right. Wasn't really losing many and, and, you know, fought a lot of guys. So, but other than that, like he, he was never really in my top, not really a top 10 guy. Like, and again, Canucks, if all time Canucks, he's probably in the top, probably top four, you know, four maybe. And then all time, like, yeah, probably top 50. It's hard to say, right? Like, there's a lot of guys in that top 50, right? Yeah, well, and that's the thing with Gino, right? It's like he had a lot of fights while he was in Vancouver, but he wasn't there for very long. Really, in the grand scheme yeah. of things, his career, because like I said, he fell after he got the injuries and stuff, it kind of came up to it. He, he kind of had about a four or five year run there, and then that was it. And then yeah. it was kind of his career was yeah, over. Yeah. So, I mean, he packed a lot of fights into those five years in Vancouver, but, um, you know, uh, you know, and you're starting as a rookie as a 22 year old. So, you know, growing pains that come with that. So, but, you know, a couple years in, and he kind of had a couple of real strong years. And then it was kind of like, you know, the, it was like the comet, right? You know, kind of, you, you saw it streaking across the sky, and then it was gone. And it was like, you know, what, it was there for a few years, and then it was over, really. And uh, what, what would where, where would you rank them? Yeah, again, uh, like you said, um, I'm sort of in that in your. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to kind of weasel out of the question or anything, but I've never really thought beyond like a top ten or anything. And I mean, again, I wouldn't have them anywhere. I don't want to sound mean, but I wouldn't have them anywhere near a top ten. But no, I you no, know, no, I mean, he's sure. in that around that top 50 mark like he's in there because like I said it's just the you know the uh you know the length of career just wasn't there unfortunately and like I said he kind of burst onto the scene and had a couple strong years and then you know after the trade it was that was the injuries and faded away so but uh you know for those three or four real strong years in Vancouver yeah he was a force and his name was in the you know he's definitely a I'd have him a top 10 like seasonally um, like you said, and, uh, you know, in the hockey stars, those magazines, you know, he was, 
Well, it was Lazito doing the rankings, but I mean, you know, Gino was in there. <laughs> you know, so yeah, way way too low, way or way too. Well, low. I can't remember. I know he was in there. I don't remember what the numbers were, but I mean, yeah, he, he, but he was he, involved he, he in was the conversation. Like, you know, yeah, that's something you and Lazito, you and Lazito can work that out. But yeah, he was. Yeah, Joe, if you if you're listening, that was he was he was he was definitely tougher than some of the guys that you had ahead of him. So. Oh, there we go. I'm gonna but, have to get, uh, we'll have to get a return. We'll have to get you guys on. We'll do a return show, and you and Lazito can point <laughs> counterpoint, and yell at each other over the '95 Tough Guys magazine. Might have to. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and then, you know, um, I don't know if you ever remember Mike Beaver. He did his Beaver's Mix It Up magazines. I've, I've never had any, but I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. And he, he had he had his like toughest toughest guys, uh, like a top ten or whatever. And he said that. At one point, all that separated Gino from the crown was fighting Bob Colbert, and they never did, right? So, yeah. and that was so he thought he, he thought very highly of him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Unfortunately, that was the one fight as fans we never got to see. It would have been would have been interesting, that's for sure. Um, it's funny because another guy. Oh, sorry, another guy that we forgot to mention is Joe Coaster. Like he played a handful of games. Like they had a, a hell of a tough team, right? Like, yeah, it's, I always forget so Coaster was in Vancouver for a minute. Yeah, I always forget that. Yeah. I think it was the same, I was, I think it was the same time they had Crowder in. I think they had, had for sure, for sure, I think Ojek, Coaster, maybe Crowder. I'm not sure about Crowder, but like, that's just fucking insane, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I think he just had the one fight. I think he fought Billy Potomsky. I think that was the only fight he had or something, but the late bird Potomsky, right? Yes, but, unfortunately, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's too many, too many of those guys. Yeah, it's unfortunate and it's sad that I, it's scary when you say it that you know things happen in threes, unfortunately, and uh, you know, um, you know, unfortunately that you know uh, Pissiac Gillingham, unfortunately, was uh, uh, you know different circumstances, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's never like you said, you know, fifty-two years old, it's never too young for that sort of thing, and uh, you know, yeah, he'll definitely be missed, and I know he was. Uh, you know, certainly a folk hero in Vancouver, without a doubt. And, uh, yeah, well, and I want to, you know, I wanted to get you on and just kind of talk about your, you know, the, your fan, your hockey fight fandom during the years Gino was there. And, um, yeah, I, I, I always say, always, I always, always, always say to any Canuck fan, I say that is the best era if you were a Canuck fan, because for the first time, the team actually was legitimate cup contender. Like from like 92, 93, 93, 94, 94, 95, like that, they were a, a legitimate contender. Like they had some great teams. They were extremely tough. They had, you know, Burry, Trevor, and then Kirk McLean. They had, you know, some great hockey players, Jeff Brown and Courtney, Ronning. They had some great teams, but a great balance on that team. And that was, I always say, by far the, the funnest time to be a Canuck fan. Oh, yeah. Well, like I've, you know, and, well, like I said, just to go further, like, yeah, I mean, that early, early 90s, early mid 90s hockey, NHL, Western League, all that stuff, that's like my ultimate fandom years was right yeah, there, kind of that high school, sure. just out of high school years for me. And, uh, yeah, and then, and Gino was a big part of that, of my high school years. Like, and we always talk about the goon drafts yeah. and all that. Oh, yeah, he was the pick you yeah. wanted in the draft for sure. And, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I re- it, it was, it was, cause as a Canuck fan all those years, you know, like just lose their teams, right? Like 
yeah, there are a lot of tough teams over the years, but even like 97, 98 with Keenan, like probably the toughest team maybe ever built, right? If you look at their whole roster, but like they were terrible. But And people are like, oh, that was a dead puck era. I fucking love the dead puck era. I'll take the dead puck era any time over this era. Oh, absolutely. You know, people say, oh, you know, like it was, I have like mid-90s to late-90s. That is some of the best fights you'll ever see. Yep. Like, every team had... Oh, yeah, teams uh, were stacked. Every team had three or four guys. You know, then you get expansion, right? Well, Link Gates is in the fucking league, right? Oh, yeah. Well, here comes Audrey's and Gates. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, oh, every NHL team was stacked. The American League, yeah, the American League, the IHL, they were stacked. The WHL, Junior was stacked. I mean, oh, it was the greatest time in hockey ever, you know, and... uh, And it was right kind of when, you know, at least satellite was coming around so you could start to see some more stuff and, you know, and, uh, yeah, it was, oh, what a time. Yeah, it was great. And, yeah, anybody, anybody says the dead puck or I just, I'm just like, you just don't know what you're talking about. Like, no. you know, the toughest, the probably the, the weakest team was fucking probably Detroit or Dallas, and they still had a couple guys, right? And, yep. You know, and uh, I, I, I love expansion, like, so Basil Cray, for example, he you know, fought him with St. Louis, and then like later on, he fought him with was, or fought him with Tampa first, I think it was, and then he went to St. Louis and fought him again. Like, yeah, like I, I thought the expansion was great for you know, great for hockey, and that era, that era is definitely it's way that right the nineties, mid nineties is, is as good as era as I'll ever be. I agree. That was my favorite era. And- and, and- and like I said, in eighties was eighty. I look from eighty six to like about ninety nine was the best hockey. Yep. Like uh, for fights and stuff. Like it was, you know, people talk about seventies, and that was that was good, but it was just a handful of teams really, like that were tough, and you know, a lot of teams had no nothing. So, you know, no, I think but, we uh, saw the the height of violence was in those was in that decade there. For sure, that kind of that eighty six to ninety six, ninety eight, ninety nine run, that was like the peak of yeah. hockey violence in all leagues. So, uh, no, that was the wheelhouse. Oh yeah, the 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 Montreal, Montreal best Boston bench brawl, and then the Flyers preseason uh, pre pre game uh, brawl with Montreal, and oh yeah, that, that was great hockey. You know, Edmonton Calgary. Hey, can I tip? Can I touch on something? Absolutely. I want to talk talk about about fatigue for a second, right? Because like. I don't like my my take on Nick Fatou is I think like, he was tough. Obviously, nobody's saying he's not, but I think his reputation took him. I think guys were very wary of him. A case in point: Martin McSorley, right in that big brawl when Svenko was fighting Hunter behind the net and stuff, and like McSorley could have fought Fatou, and he just didn't. Like he didn't really want any fucking part of the queue. And I'm not saying Marty's scared, but honestly, I honestly believe intimidation has something to do with it. Cause then they fought another time. They squirreled off. I think it was in Edmond in Calgary and they squirreled off, squirreled off and the lines and broke it up. And like, I think, so like, I'm not saying that he was a top 10 guy or anything, but I just think honestly, his, his reputation carried him more than his fist carried him. If that makes any sense. Like, oh, I agree. I think so. Yeah. Like I, 
I think like I think like I'm like I I've asked uh, I've asked players about him and they don't really know like you know they never fought him or whatever. But um, like there's a Dwight Schofield said that he he goes Fatu's not as tough as he thinks he is, and he gets really upset if you don't think he's as tough as he thinks he is or something like that, right? So. Well, you used to talk to McElhardy all the time at the Giants games. What did he say yeah. about Fatio? Because well, he fought him twice. Yeah. And he goes, he, because the first fight was in Vancouver, I believe, right? Yeah, that, that was the first fight. That was when McElhardy first came to Canucks. And that was in the corner. That was a great fight. I thought he actually got the edge on Fatio. And then they fought again in New York, and it's a highlight, right? And they're against the benches, and they're kind of throwing points black and white for some reason. But anyway, <laughs> so I, he said he said he said he was tough, but he goes he goes uh, he goes I got him, I got him. So he he thought you know he he thought he was tough, and he was he was great to talk to because he he I talked to well you know guys who fought or like you know Glenn Goldup, and he goes he was a big tough guy, right? Like. Not, not a lot of people even know who that is, right? But, you know, and, uh, you know, he, he, was, he, he knew who was tough and, and who wasn't. And he, you know, he, he, thought, he thought he got the best of the two. And, I, and I, I think so too, right? I think the one, the black and white fight in New York is pretty, it's pretty even. It's hard to really say a winner. But the other one's a full, the full fight. And I thought he got an edge on him, and, you know. I'd say so. Well, there you go. You got some yeah, Gino and, talk and some bonus Wolfgang Macklarvey talk. But uh, anyway, Tony, uh, I'm Mac, let you go. We've, Jack we've, Mac, Jack Mac. I, I I miss that guy. He he's great. Another guy. Yeah, that's another. I guy talk to him gone, all the time. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was a, a great great person and uh, great guy to talk to and saw him quite often at the games. But anyway, uh, yeah, you can let me go. I'm gonna go have my dinner now. Oh, there we go. Well, thank you very much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm sorry I drove the ratings down. I'm sorry about that. Oh, we got nowhere to go but up. We're tr- we're we're so far down, <laughs> reaching up to touch bottom. You know, we're okay. All right, all, all right, right, man. Have a good night. Take care. You Thank too. You. Bye. Bye. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?